What's going on, everybody? It's your boy V, and Talk Your Truth is back. I know it's been a little while, but we're gonna do a do some things. We're gonna we're gonna talk about some things. This is this episode? Um, and I think I got about four or five more coming for you guys. All right, so this episode right here is actually like my reaction to yesterday, which was Michael Cohen's testimony um, to the oversight committee. If people don't know Michael Cohen, obviously. He's associated with um, Donald Trump. He was his lawyer for the past 10 years. And in a couple of months, man, he's actually going to be a federal prisoner due to the fact that he lied to Congress when they first approached him regarding his dealings with Donald Trump and some unsavory acts that were allegations at the time. Um, so just I'm going to jump around a little bit to some of the highlights, man, from his the testimony was that Cohen himself stated and affirmed that Trump is, in fact, what a lot of American people believe he is, that is being a, a cheat, a cheater, a racist, a con man, um, just someone who is not above doing underhanded things. That's what a majority of people believe, um, or some people believe, in regards to the president. Um, and one of his main points was that the stating just on the just stating on the topic of um, racism or Trump being a racist, he stated that um, Donald Trump he doesn't employ any employ anybody with um, within his businesses um, in leadership roles or administrative roles due to his prejudice against people of color specifically. Um, I do know I with um, Republican representative to the committee. Mark Meadows, he brought in a woman by the name of Lynn Patton, who's a family friend to the Trumps, uh, to actually prove or disprove that um, Cohen's point of Donald Trump being a racist. And Mark Meadows himself even stated that he had met with the president both publicly and privately, privately, and not once did um, Mr. Meadows get the indication or inclination that Donald Trump was prejudiced or racist in any way. But he brought in Miss Lynn Patton, who happens to be a friend of Donald Trump and the family, um, to prove that Trump wasn't a racist and that there was no way. She said he said that Miss Patton is born and raised, or born from a, fa- a family in Birmingham, Alabama, and that there was no way that she would, you know, work for a racist. Simply, that was the main point. Simply because that was something that she didn't agree with. That her herself being someone of color wasn't something that she was okay with. And it was surprising to see. Nonetheless, um, Mark Meadows used that example, simply put, because she's connected with the Trump family and she wouldn't work for someone who was deemed a racist, and that disproves anyone being, anyone in this instance being Donald Trump or the family being prejudiced or racist themselves. Okay. That's my response. I mean, okay. That doesn't disprove the fact that you might have a prejudice against somebody else or if you like it or don't. Them being friends with you doesn't negate the fact that you still may not truly be invested in them. I'm going to delve deep into that. Um, everyone, whether it's happened to you, 
happen to someone that you're associated with or just you you just hear it. Friends from middle school, high school, even elementary school or um, post post um, post high school, so secondary education, undergrad, graduate, even in the workplace. There are times when you meet people where you simply like them. You know, you, you like them, you spend time with them. But if things go awry, like they sometimes do, if things go awry in that relationship, then it might, you know, dive into that, you know, disgusting area, that, that really bad area where you start speaking down about people. It happens in relationships too. But um, the friendship of the relationship ends, and then one person who felt wronged starts slandering the other person bringing up all these unnecessary things, maybe even things that that one individual confided in the person who is now saying it. In that instance, they might be acting out of anger. But if you look at it retro, retro, um, retro, um, have some retrospection in regards to it, it begs the question, did they really care? Or to the degree that the person who confided felt that they cared with this you can have you can there there are marriages relationships friendships that end terribly to they go to hell in a handbasket with the flash carrying it down there you know that's excuse me that's how quick it may go down to hell in a handbasket based off of an issue a, a disagreement that one person may have with the other but at the time, they may have thought, you know, they had that other person had their best intention, their best of intentions with them. Jane Doe and John Doe, or Jane Doe and Jane Doe and John Doe and John Doe, have a falling out. Person two does something to person one, says something about person one that's unsavory, that's unsettling, reveals some information, just really does burn the bridge. What I'm trying to hit on is the fact that simply because you're in association with somebody else does not necessarily mean that they have your best intentions, nor do they really, may they, hopefully they would, they, should, they would and they should, but sometimes you do have those individuals in different cultures, you call them snakes, you call them backstabbers, you call them two-faced, you call them different things, but you don't necessarily have to, in this instance, people don't necessarily have to care about you to be associated with you. You know, I speak about cop culture here and there throughout my episodes, clout chasers. You know what I'm saying? People think like people doing things for their own gain and their own development of their thing, what they want. Not looking out for the individual that they're collaborating with or what that they're working with, but they're just doing it on behalf of themselves at the expense of someone else. So with this example that Mark Meadows brought up with Miss Lynn Patton, being a, 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 fan, a Trump family friend and also an employee of the company, that doesn't disprove anything. There are relegations that are placed down that you have to have a certain amount of um, democracy, not democracy, but um, you have to have a certain representation of specific demographics or you have to be, you can't just be, you can't just have a company that is solely one ethnicity, you know, that's, that's not how it works. 
It has to be a diverse community, a diverse working environment. I mean, that's that's just coming down from like the government, you know, like you can't I mean, you have to have diversity in your place of business. Because if not, that's a slippery slope when you can fall all the way back to the 60s and the 40s and the 50s. So I don't really believe that that disproves if someone is a racist, specifically in this example, Donald Trump or his family. Michael Cohen did state that um, at the time when Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, excuse me, was in office, that him and Trump were speaking in regards to him possibly running for president in 2016. And he said that um, African-American people or black people are were too stupid to vote for him. Too stupid. Not too ignorant. Not well-informed. But stupid. An attack on the intelligence and the integrity of a people in a generalization. But also, he's, uh, Michael Cohen stated that while um, himself and Trump drove through a underserved Chicago neighborhood, Michael Cohen recalled that Trump said that only black people can live like this, speaking to the nature and the area in which they lived. I've never been to Chicago. I've heard a lot about it. I have friends that are from Chicago. But what does that even mean? Only black people can live like this. If anybody knows about city planning, government funds and grants that are given to the states and the cities, city planning determines where those funds go on more times than not. With the potholes, schools, you know, neighborhood, only black people can live like this. Black people per capita have less money than anyone that Trump may associate with whether that be his base or that be his friends. African-American people have less money than they do. So him stating that only black people can live like this, he lives lavish. You have private jets. You have private golf clubs. You live in the suburbs. You, you own buildings. You own hotels. You have different dealings in different countries. So your inner circle whether it just be your family your family, or just be your friends or what have you, one of your best friends is Robert Kraft. And I'll talk about that in another episode, um, his whole situation. But one of your best friends is Robert Kraft. He's the owner of an NFL team. You had the owner of Under Armour, a part of your economic committee, and then he stepped down. You have CEOs business owners, COOs, CFOs, as your close friends. So for you to state that only black people can live like this, no, there are a multitude of people that lived like this around the world because they aren't given the same funds that other areas might get. If you go to different cities, it's almost like night and day. You can go somewhere and not even feel as if you're in the same city. It's not the brochure images. It's not the, it's not it's not what you see online for that city when you go to particular areas because they put on a face. That's the reality of the situation. These people in Chicago who lived in this community, that's the reality of Chicago. That's what's going on within the city. 
if you're going to be the president, you should go ahead and say, okay, how can we improve on this? How can we help these people? How can we help their circumstances or improve their circumstances? Improve the area that they live in without having to displace them and not be labeled gingerfires. How do we do that? How can we do that? So that's that's all I'm saying. Like, if you if you thought about it, if he thought about it, excuse me, if he thought about it, if he if he thought about it in any instance, in any detail, if you're deciding to run for president of the United States of America, those are the types of things you should be trying to fix. Not say only black people can live this way. That's just completely insensitive and ignorant to the fact. So that only furthers the notion that African that that black that most African American people believe about him, and that most people who just simply listen to what he says and draw back to his history. There's not really a priority put on people of color by this man. That's that's what this that's what this statement that Michael Cohen spoke about in the in the committee hearing in the testimony yesterday. That's exactly what this does. Um, but before I move on to the next point, um, Democratic committee member Miss um, Rashida um, Tlaib of Michigan, she stated that she believed that um, Mark Meadows. Now, she didn't say specifically Mark Meadows, so she stated that she believed that bringing someone of color to the committee to be used as a prop to show one show someone's lack of racism or as a tool is to, um, quoting, to say, hey, I'm not racist, that's my quote, not hers, is in fact racist itself. She stated that bringing someone like Miss Lynn Patton to the committee to disprove that someone is racist because they happen to work for them or know them personally is a racist it's immediately um committee member mark meadows started speaking and trying to rebut miss talib and actually calling on the chairman um chairman cummings chairman elijah cummings saying that he himself felt offended he himself was not is not and was not ever a racist he still spoke to his family he said he had nieces and nephews that are people of color. Um, that him and Mr. Cummings, Chairman Cummings, have a personal relationship with one another, personal friendship outside of committee. Even though um, Mr. Meadows is a Republican and Mr. Elijah Cummings is a Democrat, which is believable. People are still people, no matter your partisan views. You can still have friends. But I want to speak on both points. I, I get Mr. Meadows' point of stating that he wouldn't use someone as a prop because he himself has a connection to people of his family. Absolutely get it. That he felt attacked by Mr. Tlaib. I can understand that. Uh, Chairman Cummings did ask Ms. Tlaib to clarify her statement. And she did. But she said that she felt as if, as her being a woman of color... That was a racist act in itself. Mr. Meadows wanted to strike from the record. I'm not for sure if they actually will strike it from the record or not. But I'll also give Mr. Lee's point. 
I love satirical comedy because it's, it, it dampens the blow of depression. It dampens the severity of the situation. It's using laughter for you to be able to absorb and digest something that should be extremely dramatic and traumatic to you. Based off of the current state, it shouldn't be that way, but based off of what's happening, it helps you. It helps me digest some of the things. So I watched Trevor Noah, and um, he stated, he's like, you can't just you use that whole defense. Oh, I'm not racist because I have one black friend or I have one Asian friend. That doesn't remove you from the realm of racism just because you have one friend or you associate yourself with something. It's your actions and what you do, what you say behind closed doors to yourself, to your family. And if that possibly gets out, if it's on a secret recording or not, you should walk your the walk the walk the walk, just like people say talk the talk. So I I understand Miss Talib's point. She felt offended as a as a person of color. Uh, Chairman Cummings spoke to his his de- his dealings with racism. His parents actually being sharecroppers, which in episode one I actually spoke about my grandmother. She's the um child of sharecroppers as well. So I understand what pres- our ch- Chairman Cummings was saying that he understands. And he spoke to Mr. Middle Committee and we're going to move. I completely understand that he did the right thing by listening to it and allowing it to move forward. Um, all right. And then, all right. So, to the next point, uh, Michael Cohen, he also provided the Oversight Committee with copies of checks, um, one being in the sum of. $35,000 and $130,000 that President Trump wrote himself while he was in the Oval Office, while he's been president, which were suspected payments to the um, individuals that he was paying off, similar to Stormy Daniels. Michael Cohen also spoke to the committee stating that he was even speaking to women and paying off women prior to the election in November of 2016. So, it played. It was pretty, pretty close in time. Um, he did state that Trump was painting off women not to come forth prior to the election, and that he had affairs with them. That these are people that he had affairs with in the past. And then Cohen and Michael Cohen also admitted that he lied to Melania Trump when she questioned him about about Donald Trump having an affair. He lied in that moment. He was looking out for his friend. He was looking out for his friend, and in that instance, that's not political. He lied on behalf of his friend. Did he do it willingly? Yes, in my opinion. Should he have told the truth? That's up for interpretation. I believe he should have, but that's up for interpretation. Everybody's going to look at that situation differently. That's the only reason I say it's going to be up for interpretation. And what really what really kind of stood out to me during this entire time was, or actually before it even started, was how the Republicans wanted to delay the hearing or delay the testimony another day or um, for longer time. And 
outright, some of which just didn't even want to hear it. Um, the ranking member, um, Mr. Jordan, Jim Jordan, uh, Mark, Mark Green of Tennessee, uh, Carol Miller of West Virginia, Paul Gosar of Arizona. All of them felt as if it was basically a waste of time to have Michael Cohen testify because he has a proven history of lying. He's lied to Congress before. So I get that. I definitely get that. Um, it was a little weird that <laughs> Paul, Paul, Go- I don't know if I'm saying his name, Paul Gosar, Gosar, G-O-S-A-R of Arizona said it's the age old um, teaching from his mom, liar, liar, pants on fire. That's weird. I heard that from kids in school, and it was just like a joke amongst kids. I never heard my mom say that, so that was a little weird to hear. But Democrats urge that people that the people should hear it. You know, uh, he, um, Chairman Cummings actually referred back to the midterm elections and stated that the American people voted for accountability. And him and the Democrats voting to televise the testimony and allow and allow the public to make their own interpretation and opinions of it is having accountability of like and letting the American people decide for themselves and see it. So I, I agree with the Democrats on that point by allowing people to see it. Why not? Because there's already a distrust between the people and politicians, no matter what party it is. So allow that transparency. So therefore the American people can see how you're acting on the behalf and what's actually going on. So I, I, I definitely agree with that. But with the Republican members stating that they shouldn't even allow Michael Cohen to testify, trying to delay it, that's a little... It's not surprising because they're Republicans. The president is Republican. This could be further damaging information or evidence that's presented by a proven liar that's been in Congress. I'm not going to negate that. But that would hurt anything that may be trying to be passed in a bill that could hurt the the poll numbers for the president that could hurt his chances for 2020. There are, there are, there were bigger implications than just the hearing that I understand where the Republicans were standing, staring at starting from, but they mainly just made it about the fact that he just lied and everyone deserves a second chance. Everyone deserves a chance to get their, to get their opinion, to get their story, their side of it, their side of a story. So it was, it, I don't think it was a problem. I don't think it was a problem with them televising it. It allowed the American people and myself to see it, to see what was going on, to see what happened. Now, you could formulate your opinion by saying, oh, well, all this is just BS because he's lied to Congress before. I voted for Trump and he, he, he can do no wrong. Or it could be the opposite side and say, I knew something was up. I didn't vote for him. Now it's starting to come out. Yes, this dude lied before, but I want to see what he says because it's going to further incriminate the individual that I didn't vote for that I don't want in the White House. It could be one of those two or anywhere in between, but it was an opportunity to allow people 
to make their own assumptions, make their own opinions, formulate their own opinions and see for themselves. So I, 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 I think it was wonderful. And I believe that this should continue forward with this. I watch C-SPAN from time to time. And it's usually in the UK when I see like the hearings uh, from the house over there. And it allows you the opportunity to see what your congressman or congresswoman or your representative that you voted for is going to try and bring to the table. So on behalf of you, because you voted for them, because that's what they ran on. So obviously politicians are not perfect. People aren't perfect. So the individuals that occupy these offices will not be perfect. But I think it was a good point. I think it was a good th- good thing. And, and I, pr- I really, really do hope that they continue this. Um, Michael Cohen also spoke about threats that he had been directed to deliver um, at the request of Donald Trump to businesses, the former schools, and even journalists that may have um, wrote disparaging comments or revealing details about Donald Trump. Um and also, he did it. Michael Cohen sent in um, a threat to Donald Trump's schools, and the um, scores also not his grades, transcripts, and SAT scores. A little odd to me, because what would that do? Unless, I just want to jump back to satirical comedy, y'all. Trevor Noah stated that what if <laughs> he stated that what if Donald Trump got a G in math, a G minus in math, or what if he did absolutely amazing in Spanish? And that would pretty pretty much just like change people's perception of him. People's perception is going to be what they want. Because some of the some of the most intelligent people aren't some some of them, not all of them, but some of them are not gifted academic academically. There there's there there's different levels and different not even different levels. There are different types of intelligence. You get your street smarts and your book smarts. You know? But that's why a lot of schools and charter schools and everything like that implement different teaching tactics opposed to you just getting information and regurgitating you actually understanding doing the critical thinking you know applying it understanding the concepts in which you're being taught so him not wanting his transcripts released it might just be because he may not have performed the way that some that he may have seen to be or you know played himself up to be I don't think that was a big deal. But the fact that um, Michael Cohen said that he delivered threats on behalf of Donald Trump, that's that's some shady dealings right there. You can't be communicating threats. I know that's a federal offense right there, so you definitely cannot be doing that. I know it was a federal offense. I know it's an offense, though. So, yeah, you can't be doing that. You cannot be out here communicating threats to people you know, threatening to sue them or anything like that. Like, for what? What does that do? Because now when something like this happens, when Michael Cohen testifies about it, it looks worse. But uh, Michael Cohen also revealed that um, taxpayer money was used on such things as his golf course um, in New York City. And also, he even went as far, Mom, Donald Trump did, to undervalue his assets to avoid taxes on them. This all came during the questioning by 
Congresswoman and Representative to the committee, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I am a big fan of, but that's besides the point. This has been uh, this has been suspected by both bases, Republicans and Democrats, that people use taxpayer money for things that don't benefit the taxpayers. At least um, a, a majority of them. It doesn't contribute. It doesn't contribute to the relief of the majority of them. I know. Whenever I go over to my mom's house, every three to four months, it's a crater open. In the middle of the road, they can come over and patch it and put some more concrete down and nothing come of it. But about four to six months later, that hole was right back where it was because of the erosion that's happened under it. Taxpayer money is paying for that, but it's only like you're putting a Band-Aid on a bullet wound. So I understand um, people's discussed with the fact that taxpayer money doesn't go to the areas that they want it to go to. But as of right now, that's the system that we have. It sucks. But as of right now, that is the system that we have. But for it to be used on a golf course, that has nothing to do with the people of New York City. At least, I mean, like the normal everyday person that I would assume. I'm not. Yeah. So also for the politicians that they're going to use their money, their taxpayer money the right way. So. But I know that. Um, so I listened to J. Cole and he stated uh, 2018 is last year. He says 2018. Let me pick what I'm funding from the app on my screen. That would be dope. That would be cool. You could do your taxes from the app. Credit Karma, TurboTax, H&R Block, you can do all that. But as far as you choosing where you want your taxpayer money to go on your paychecks, nah, that's not about to happen because that puts too, too much power in the hands of the people and not in the hands of the politicians to be able to work on your behalf. So I do know... That um, what these things will do, what the, what the, what the what this entire testimony is going to do. This is just my this is my opinion. This is going to what how this is going to play out now is the Demo- This is going to give Democrats more fuel to mobilize and move forward with all of the allegations that they have against the president and everyone that's been associated with him. So they they didn't speak about the Trump invest or the excuse me they didn't speak to the Russia investigation in this testimony at all, but they're gonna they're gonna ramp that up. They're gonna continue to fight in Congress and combat different things that the Republicans may bring up to the floor. What the government, what the president may try and pass, and this is just this is just the tightening of the squeeze of the python so to speak or you know the the you're turning up the stove or turning the oven even hotter now this information came out now could it be 100 percent true who knows this man has lied on in congress before but now he knows his sentence he knows he's about to be a federal prisoner in two months
So you would believe that he doesn't have anything to gain for lying. But who knows? But that's why I believe that it was great that it was televised. So therefore, you can make your own interpretation. You can hear it from Michael Cohen's mouth, from these representatives on the committee, from the chairman of the committee. So you could hear it directly from them. That's why I think it was wonderful. Overall, it was wonderful that you were able to see that, that I was able to see that. Um, Cohen did state to the Republican um, members of the committee that he followed blindly for 10 years and that others within that within the party are doing the exact same thing that he did. So, I mean... He said that he was a blind follower, that he believed what he was doing was good, that it was, it was, it was on behalf of a friend, someone that cared about him, someone that was a friend of his. Um, I want to share something. There were, there were tweets, testimony, you had different tweets from different politicians. You obviously are going to have some from the president, um, some from Nancy Pelosi. Um, let me just go to, and I believe even Don Jr. Don Jr., yeah. So this is from Donald Trump. This was one day ago last night from the official Twitter of the president. Um, Michael Cohen was one of the many lawyers who represented me, unfortunately, in parentheses, he had other clients also. He was just disbarred by the state Supreme Court for lying and fraud. He did bad things unrelated to Trump. He is lying in order to reduce his prison time using Crooked's lawyers. Crooked's lawyer. Okay. Um, WikiLeaks also tweeted yesterday um, a statement on the Michael Cohen testimony to Congress. WikiLeaks publisher Julian Assange has never received a telephone call with Roger Stone. WikiLeaks publicly teased its pending publications on Hillary Clinton and published less than 30,000 of her emails on March 16th, 2016. Don Jr. said, nailed it. It was really the biggest joke of the entire transition. In the beginning of the beginning of his bitterness, Michael Cohen's, was when he realized he was never going, it was never, that was never going to happen. Hashtag delusional. I think they're speaking to barking in the White House. Don, yeah, so Don Trump tweeted earlier, ha, 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 Cohen, Michael Cohen begged to work at the White House, and everyone knows it. Eric Trump stated Michael was lobbying everyone, in all caps, to be the chief of staff. It was the biggest joke in the campaign and around the office. Did he just perjure himself again? And then lastly, Matt Gates. um, tweeted speaker i want to get to the truth while it's important to create context around the testimony of liars it was not my intent my is not my intent to threaten not in capital as some believe i did i'm deleting this tweet i'm deleting the tweet and i should have chosen words that better showed my intent where's nancy pelosi's i guess hers are gone so yeah um that's that's self-explanatory. That's, self that's from the people themselves. That's from their official Twitter accounts. So you're listening to this. Go ahead and make your own assumptions. Watch the highlights of the committee testimony or not. You can watch the satirical comedy, whether it be The Daily Show, whether it be 
the Colbert Report, Late Night, anything like that, if that's what you want to do. You can watch CNN, Fox, MSNBC, NBC, CBS, any of these outlets. That's why I thought it was wonderful because it's a live broadcast. It's not doctored. It's not changed, at least to our knowledge at this moment. It was straight from Michael Cohen's mouth to the committee. What did um, what I what I do believe is what this will do, and what this probably should do is shed light um, on something that most people don't remember until it comes up, until a new development comes up, and that's with the Mueller investigation. Um, Michael Cohen was questioned by Robert Mueller way back when, and this has just happened that far in between. Like there has been a huge development. With well, because Mueller spoke with Michael Cohen, I believe, last year, if not in the beginning of the presidency. So it might have been like 2017, 2017, 2018 when Robert Mueller met with him. And now in 2019, Michael Cohen is admitting to all this information. So I believe that they are being very cerebral with their tactics and, and keeping everything airtight as they should. Um, I mean, that Mueller investigation, Robert Mueller's investigation is moving quietly. And in my opinion, if and when something does come out and charges are brought, every stone will be unturned. Just like the FBI and these other alphabet organizations, when they charge you now, then we're not going to get into if anything is planted or not. If We're not going to get into any of that. If legitimate accusations and charges are being brought by any of these alphabet organizations, it's because they cross their T's and they dot their I's most of the time. Robert Mueller is he 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 seeks out the truth. He he's a good investigator. This is not a good look for the office of the president, and I think this only going to get deeper. And as we've seen from days like yesterday, and in Michael Cohen's testimony. But lastly, what I want to finish on isn't anything in regards to partisan issues. I want to speak about Chairman Elijah Cummings' final words. To me, they were moving and direct at the same time. He spoke to the humanity of Michael Cohen, which was surprising yet refreshing to see someone not use this as an opportunity to uphold partisan values or to put oneself up or put the others down, Republicans and Democrats or Democrats and Republicans, but to state a fact as a human being. Um, Chairman Cummings, man, he spoke to seeing Michael Cohen with his daughter at a prior hearing and empathized with him and his situation. The fact that he messed up, that you brought this on yourself, that you partook and that you followed blindly, and now you have innocent people, specifically about his family and his daughter suffering because of his misdeeds. And Chairman Cummings himself being a father of two daughters he empathized with that he said that we have to do better hopefully for the future this said this is a part of your destiny this is why this is happening this hopefully this can make a better mic to make a better donald trump hopefully to make a better america and he believes that this specific speaking to the cohen testimony will play a role in how we as Americans can and should conserve, preserve our democracy. 
it was moving for him to not use it as a political vehicle, but just to speak as a person. That was, I think it was good. I think it was really good. Speaking to the fact that Michael Cohen is now labeled a rat, will be labeled a snitch in prison, and what that means. No matter the fact if he lied or not, he messed up. He's going to serve his time. But at that expense, your people, your family is going to have to suffer through this. And I like the fact that he empathized with him for that. Because it could have just been like you lied and you you got what you deserved. And God, I mean, God have mercy on your soul. Anything like that. But I'm glad that he did it. Because this isn't a partisan issue. It is about preserving the democracy of the union. So... I'm going to just leave it off with that. I appreciate y'all listening. Y'all have been great. Y'all have been love. I love you. I appreciate it. If y'all have any questions, you want to follow me, um, send emails to ltxtyt at gmail.com. Again, that email is ltxtyt at gmail.com. If you have any feedback, um, tell me, you guys, what you think about the email. Um, Go ahead and shoot me an email, man. Uh, send a direct message here on Anchor. If you're listening on any of the other platforms that it's distributed to, I appreciate it. Go ahead and share it with your friends, family, your loved ones. Subscribe, like, share it. If you want to follow me, go ahead and follow me on Instagram. I'm a photographer. So um, go ahead and follow me. It's at there's only one underscore V. That's the word there's T H E R E S, only O N L Y, the number one underscore v on instagram this is talk your truth i've been v y'all have been great i really appreciate you until next time listen to the other episodes and we're gonna keep going peace